Welcome to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. I'm your host, Wyndham Lewis, and I'm here with my two brothers, Jeremy Sartori and Christian Lewis. Today, Brother, 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 March Madness, the greatest album of the millennium so far, round Sweet 16. You can learn more about the pod at brotherpod.com, follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and it's always extremely helpful if you rate and review us on iTunes. I'll say it again, rate and review us on iTunes. Now... Let's battle out the Sweet 16 of Brother, Brother, Brother's greatest album of the millennium so far. Welcome back to the Brother, Brother, Brother March Madness uh, Challenge this year. Uh, it is the greatest album of the millennium so far, and we are in the round, we are in the Sweet 16, uh, round of 16, and um, a lot of the stalwarts have kind of arrived as planned. There was a couple of upsets early, and and uh, but it's, it's gone back to being a rather uh, chalk tournament here. Um, I'm going to make a lot of Sister Jean references, which will be... Um, completely lost on anybody three weeks after uh, the actual March Madness tournament. Uh, so go Loyola Chicago. Um, but uh, the first matchup for the Sweet 16 is uh, the Strokes. Is this it? Who got in by beating the White Stripes Elephant versus uh, Run the Jewels' RTJ2, uh, who got in by, in my mind, upsetting Spoons Kill the Moonlight. It was actually not an upset, but... Uh, who wants to uh, start the conversation on this one? <laughs> and for both uh, backing out here, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about This Is It. And uh, I think we, I mean, we've talked about both these albums quite a bit, but I think, um, <clears throat> you know, as we were looking at this bracket, I just I remember getting the seven-inch single for Modern Age uh, pre-hearing the album and, and sort of, having you know pre-internet buzz because there was no internet or there was but it wasn't searching for music on it and uh and just popping it on and and immediately knowing that like this band is gonna be the shit you know it was like a uh it was kind of a, a shot in the arm of velvet underground style rock um but it sounded fresh and new at the same time um you know a mix of the sort of late 70s New York City punk with kind of a, a modern take and, and uh, you know the flip side to that um, was actually Last Night which ended up I think being the single and you know two for two there I remember playing that seven inch for anyone I could find you know anyone that would come back for after bar drinks or anyone that was hanging out the house it was just you know kind of blew me away so you know for me um, you know I just think it's, it's an important record I love Run the Jewels I think they've, uh, you know, gone far. I definitely pushed them over one of my favorite bands, Spoon, in the last round. But uh, I'm, I'm edging on the strokes on this one. Wyndham, I thought we'd turn this on its head a little bit. I'd be curious to hear what you, uh, I mean, tell us why you like Run the Jewels. I mean, I know, I, th- I think I know which way you're leaning on this, but I think sort of pushing you into uh, a sort of less comfortable place and, and you know, asking you to sort of defend the one that, that may not get through in your mind. I, d- um, I, I think it's what you what you said and what we've said over and over about Run the Jewels. It came out of, it was a complete surprise. Um, you know, I, like Jeremy, to a lesser degree than Jeremy, had, you know, heard LP kicking around for 20, felt like 20 years before uh, even the first Run the Jewels album came out. I believe it was, probably. Um, you know, um, he had his own record label, Def Jux, and, um, you know, just was always one of those people that I heard, if not a lot of his music, but I heard a lot about him, um, and, you know, never really pushed past the, uh, the level of popularity where it was, you know, incumbent on you to go find it or to, you know, to really... Uh, here and I, you know, I think he is a really talented ear. I think he's a really interesting guy, and I think he found his perfect match when he linked up with Killer Mike. The thing um, that's funny is, is um, you know, I remember hearing the Strokes uh, for the first time, and I couldn't really believe they were young because they sounded so jaded 
and then hearing Run the Jewels for the first time, I can't believe they're that old because they sound so fresh. Um, and I think that's uh, the benefit of experience. I mean, I think the two of them just go together so well because they're old enough not to have the kind of ego that, that requires that you kick the other person out of the spotlight and that you can share it. Um, I think the tracks are amazing. I think... Uh, yeah, they yeah, do really feel like equal partners in that in that relationship, and, which and is a sort of unusual so. thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not on not on gun control issues necessarily, but on, on most other things. <laughs> no, but but even in that, it's interesting. I mean, and when they it, did you're, reference, what, you're you're referencing the fact that yeah, I mean, Killer Mike was was um, also. By the way, I'm not sure a rapper named Killer Mike is the guy that you necessarily want to be your spokesman for the NRA. <laughs> I mean, like right after mass shooting. But, I was going to say um, the opposite. I don't think he's the one you really want advocating gun control. <laughs> <laughs> well, so th- this is a reference to the fact that Killer Mike was recently featured on an NRA TV. Um, which, by the way, has some insane shit on it if anybody wants to go down a rabbit hole. Yeah, um, I, thought, I thought my cable subscription ended with oxygen. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, there's a there's a pretty incredible uh, uh, original content channel um, by the uh, created by the NRA. But but you know, Killer Mike was basically um, seen in, in an interview, sort of defending uh, Second Amendment rights. Um, and you know, but but even in that, obviously he caught a lot of flack for it. Um, it wasn't quite as bad as uh, as you know. It's a moment. The Eagles of Death Metal. Um, yeah, Jesse Hughes. <laughs> Jesse Hughes, shout out to, to the students who were walking out of high schools by calling them disgusting. But, um, you know, he, he he did catch some flack for it, but what was, you know, LP sort of said, look, we we can disagree, but there's there's a lot of respect between us and it sort of transcends any one issue. I mean, even even uh, in the face of sort of controversy or... or um, uh, you know, opposition like that. I think those two guys hang together um, because first and foremost, you get the feeling through their music, um, you know, uh, a real uh, sense of their relationship, which is that these guys are just good friends, mm-hmm. um, and they certainly make music that reflects that. I mean, the chemistry is just there, and you cannot, like, you, you can't fake that. You can't superimpose it on people. Um, it's just it it works or it doesn't sometimes. You can't um, teach chemistry. Oh, you can. <laughs> How did they? <laughs> well, not to us. <laughs> Quickly, and I, and you know, and I, I kind of heard some early interviews when they first hit the scene. But was it Killer Mike that kind of sought out LP, or was it vice versa? Or do you guys know? No, they were actually introduced by the head of Adult Swim on Cartoon Network. Okay, oh, Mike, who so thought we can that thank who, 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 Adult Swim yeah. for Run the Jewels? No, absolutely. And um, by the way, Adult Swim has actually been a sort of uh, a force behind. Um, you know, or a platform at least for for a lot of independent rap over the years. I mean, they were uh, responsible for um, like MF Doom and um, Doctor Octagon's uh, Children's Hour. No, it was MF <laughs> Doom and um, uh, what was it? The Mouse and the Mask. So it was Danger Mouse and Danger um, Mouse. MF Doom. Yeah, which was pretty cool. Um, so no, I mean they they've actually they've done some good work in the past to to sort of elevate the profile of um, of independent rappers. But you know he basically he knew both of these guys and was like I think you could really hit it off um, and sort of set them up on a professional blind date as it were and um, it the rest is history. Yeah, it worked. It worked good and hard actually. Um, it's a it's a pretty remarkable album. But I think you know to to get to the specifics here. I think just that, getting past the meat cute of Killer Mike and LP. Yeah. Um, I, you know I, th- I think that this album specifically the second one is uh, you know it, it, it was a refined like their first one came with a bang. I I don't think anybody really you know as, as we discussed saw it coming um but there was no guarantee that this was gonna this was gonna sort of survive or or persist um and more than that you know i I think that um my expectations weren't like super high um and you know i i just i i don't think i had a very strong opinion one way or another about what what it was gonna sound like i just knew i liked the first one um but you know i think the fact that they uh took what they'd done on their first album and you know, just took it to a whole new level. Um, and it really is, I think, you know, one of the best rap albums, um, and true rap, by the way, because Killer Mike is like an MC's MC. And, you know, I, this is where 
what Kanye produces is incredible art and music um, and what he does in the in the um, you know in the studio is, is incredible um, it's it's so sort of sonically dense and interesting but like he's just not that good an MC um, and I I challenge anybody to put somebody as good as Killer Mike and at the top of the challenge game challenge right rap now, anybody um, in front of, yeah I don't think anybody wants to do that um, I mean he is uh, he is truly a, a defining force in, in you know in an art that frankly is kind of like being lost in the wayside right now. And, way, going, um, you know, the, going the way of rock and roll, ergo the uh, the Strokes matchup. Yeah, I mean, so you know, in a way, it, like I, I think that the fact that he is demonstrating that like good lyrically sharp rap can still be um, can still be popular and can still sell is is a really important message, um, and it can also still be relevant and hard hitting and. Uh, Political. Fucking awesome, frankly. Yeah. Um, you know, at a time when, like, you know, the so-called mumble rappers are, are kind of um, dominating the game, it's, it's, it's a really refreshing punch in the face, frankly. Well, that said, you want to take a vote? Yeah, I'm going to go run the jewels, too. Nice. I'm going to go strokes. Is this it? Predictably. Mm. <clears throat> Up in the air, let me see. Trying to look at future brackets. Um, <laughs> shit. I'm going to go run the jewels. Fuck it. Oh. Strokes are gone. Wow. Wow. That is a Damn. huge upset. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you need an upset every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, take that, Wyndham. <laughs> yeah. Gonna... I right, love well. the Strokes album, but it's a one-note one thing. It's a great album, but it's fucking it's one note. Um, I like that note. I do too. It's great. <laughs> the, the brown note. Um, yeah. Wow. No, I think. Uh, damn, that was not what I expected. We were we were discussing this right before we we uh, started recording today. And basically, said this looks <laughs> it's pretty. It's the chalk. fun of live voting, folks. I think this is. Yeah, I think we know exactly how this is going to go. Um, and uh, so far, we are. One for one on oh, massive one. upsets. Yeah. Fuck them all, they can eat my dick, that's word of pimp. Word of pimp. Word of pimp. Hold up. Oh my, you are now listening to the wrath of yours. Fuck them all, they can eat my dick, that's word of pimp. Yeah. I don't fuck with to talk like all these fucking imps. Stop violent, give a fuck if you deny it, kids. You can all run naked backwards to a field of dicks. Fuck the world, don't ask me for shit, that's worth a big. I dreamt we own the world, but I've woken up and it don't exist. Soak it in and need no assist, you can't slap a wrist and don't owe you shit. Trust me, I'm a doctor, do operate, I'm a post for raising bitch. Get toe on a track like a ballerina, ski mask in a Pontiac Catalina. It's obese female opera single, you can run the jewels or lose your fingers. Me and LP got time to kill, got folks to kill, on overkill. He hanging out the window, I hold the wheels. One black, one white, we shoot the kill. That fuck boy life about to be repealed. That fuck boy shit about to be repaired. Fuck boy G-Hard, kill infidel. Law whack bar boom from Mike and L. Life is hell, that's a bitch. And these fool bar rulers getting rich I cop a zip, it opens up I smoke it up, go home and fuck Tell I be, girl, when they roam I gave a face, please pay with dome My business card says you're in luck I do two things, I rap and fuck I fuck rap, I coach rap I smoke the kush, I beat the puss I read the books, did the math Don't need a preacher preaching on my behalf No teacher can't teach my arrogant ass I'm blowing on creepy by reading the scriptures That's written by Egyptians and sipping on whiskey Hey baby, you with me? Um, all right, well, next up is uh, Phoenix's Wolfgang Amadeus Phoenix versus Arcade Fire's Funeral. I would like to, uh, to, to put forward the idea that no album named Wolfgang Amadeus Phoenix <laughs> could possibly make it past the Sweet 16. Yeah. That is such a fucking bad name. Let's just talk about how good that album is, and then I think, unless I'm... Uh, Unless one of you wants to throw a curveball like I just threw, uh, we're pretty secure on this. This I think we're I think match. we're unanimous, but I do think we get to talk. It's, it's, Let's talk be, Phoenix. Uh, yeah, 
One thing I will say uh, after having a conversation last week, and I, and I don't mean to disparage this album because I love it, um, Phoenix's album, because I do find that it is all feel, um, you know, and it's buoyancy and it's, you know, bounciness and it's, you know, it, it's kind of like a, a, you know, a can of smiles. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, it, I, I was laughing because, you know, I remember Christian saying and, and you know, that uh, he thought that they had a particularly strong grasp on, on lyrics, given the fact that they were, you know, uh, francophonic and, and that this was a second language. And then um, I was uh, I was listening to a song. I'm going, God damn, I love this song uh, when I was out a couple weeks ago. And, and then I was listening to the chorus and it was, where would you go? Where would you go with the lasso? So I'm not, I'm not sold <laughs> necessarily on the uh, literate nature of booking yeah, audience. Just Phoenix, ruined that song for me, Wyndham. Thank you. It's kind of an it just it it is just pure do you, bliss. Do you think that that's a, a cryptic reference to the amazing photo of Serge Gainsbourg uh, with a, a tiny cowboy hat um, blowing the <laughs> smoke off his pistol? I believe it is. I yes, I thought I, I definitely in, in the tradition of French um, pop and rock music, or an allegorical reference to a uh, an increasingly suicidal world, or just a really good pop song where they couldn't find the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> they just tied words uh, together. Yeah, but uh, anyway, I, 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 I do think that album mm-hmm. has you know five really excellent you know in the same way that like a you know kick by NXS or, or something like that it was just one of those juggernaut records that you know where every song was good and every song was a single and you know they did it once and and uh I, you know uh actually they um arguably twice like I like the album like before that, yeah. quite a bit as well exactly but, and um, I'm but not, Arcade Fire, that said, Arcade Fire is, is kind of a, you know, kind of a behemoth, and they're throwing their weight around on this one. Yeah, Again, they're, they're like 15 band members, I think, are uh, charging the court and well, two taking thirds over. Of a, yeah. Um, but, uh, and, and, you know, the sort of... Uh, Wynn Butler's got uh, some height as well, so... The harmony of, of Americans working together with Canadians uh, that... You know, nobody really ever foresaw happening. So, um, peace between those two nations, and uh, you want to move on to uh, the next bracket. Do you think, do you think Arcade Fire survives a, a renegotiation of NAFTA? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a, that may be the great question of 2018. I think if there's a trade war, um, I'll take Arcade Fire. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, as long as as long as Arcade Fire gets forcibly uh, resettled in the United States, then, yeah, I don't know. Okay are, they, are they? St- they're still Canadian based, right? They are. Yep. They are still Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean they're still based out of Canada. <laughs> yeah. No. I, oh, I, two, I, the Butler brothers are not Canadian. Canada, yeah. so. They're not. No. No, they're, they're Texan. Weird. No, they went to college up there. Um, anyway, they have colleges in Canada. They do now. Um, That's amazing. But. Uh, we're going to move yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's right. I think, you know, just, just for the sake of formality, I'll cast a vote here for Arcade Fire. Chair? Arcade Fire. All right. That's a three for three.
next bracket, and we are moving our way through pretty quickly here. Uh, Daft Punk Discovery versus uh, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot by Wilco. Um, Christian, um, I'll have you. Uh, you want to argue the uh, um, the merits of Yankee Hotel Foxtrot? Yeah, I came across a great line when I was uh, googling why Wilco sucks. Um, to try and get an answer uh, out, of the, out of the internet um, because I, I can't quite put my finger on it. And uh, I, I came across the line that to a listener accustomed to Hootie and the Blowfish, Wilco, Wilco sounds like the Minutemen, daring, elusive, funky, weird, and yet so right. To a listener accustomed to the Minutemen, Wilco sounds like Hootie and the Blowfish, classic rock for frat boys. Wow. I don't like this album. Yeah, fair enough. I do. I think it's. Uh, I think it's a great album. I think it's. I, yeah. I mean, sorry. I, th- I think my my strongest case was was the one that I laid out in the last round, which is that I really do think that this album is like a culmination of a sound that you guys loved in the '90s, and I actually personally think that there are better examples of it. Um, but I don't. You know, I don't necessarily need to dispute that for for this point to be true. Um, you know, it is. Uh, it is like a capstone on a previous. Um, period and and sort of uh, flavor of, of, of music or, or um, style and for that reason I'm just not sure that it's it it really belongs in here um, it's certainly beyond this round uh, whereas by contrast I think you know if you think about the way that dis- discovery by Daft by Punk was 80s house so- music and, and refurbished funk I mean I love Daft Punk don't get me wrong but they're not exactly creating recreating dance music with that album it's a great record uh, see, it's, it's interesting I think that they were um, I think that they did innovate a hell of a lot more um, than, than you're giving them credit for uh, and in fact I think when you consider that like what was very soon to follow was um, a sort of uh, like Injection of electronic music in the rock world, um, you know, I think that they line, I mean, they, they were major contributors to, to that transition. Um, and, you know, whether it's rap incorporating, um, you know, auto tune and, and, you know, Kanye's entire career, which is basically, um, you know, figuring out ways to tool around with like electronic sounds and, you know, still ground them in gospel and soul and, and um, you know, find his sort of blend or, or, or avenue of, or like channel of hip hop, um, you know, through, through some combination of those factors. Like I, I think that discovery has been equally influential on a variety of different genres. No, it's a great um, record, but I'm just saying they're rehashing. It's, I mean, yeah. it's like a lot, of, a lot of European dance music. They take really good American underground dance music and they make it pop. And that's what they did. And it's, mm-hmm. it's good. I mean, it's a great. And they made record. it rock. Yeah, the interesting thing for me about Daft Punk Discovery is that um, as you went and uh, Googled why does Wilco suck, um, I, uh, I went and actually Googled uh, real-time reviews of, of Discovery, which were pretty paltry. Yeah. yeah, I was interested in that. I, but, you, I, <laughs> but I did that because I remembered that. I remember people thinking this album wasn't very good. Daft Punk's resurgence came from a lot of... Coachella. Yeah, I was going to say, Coachella Fest is basically when they blew the, you know, the tent roof off or whatever with their spaceship, and they really hadn't done much. I mean, they had singles and stuff before that were big, and, and, you know, the the first album was was pretty big in the underground world, but, like, yeah, this album was... It just kind of came out, and they had the ad, the Gap ad, um, which kind of, you know... Definitely gave them some spotlight, but I mean, I, look, I, I love Daft Punk. I think their live album is their best album because it has all their best stuff and like a full-on energy of a, a dance mix. And I think you know they're super. You know, there's nothing better than you know the robots and and what they do as, as people. But you know, I will defend Yankee Hotel Foxtrot as just being a great record. I don't think it's about recreating sound, and I don't think it's about. Um, you know, sort of whether it sounds 90s, 2000s, whatever. I just think it's a really well-written, well-constructed record that has, you know, um, just a lot of depth and a lot of listenability and holds up really strongly, you know, in 2018 to me. Yeah, I've never stopped listening to it. 
So it's, um, yeah. Uh, around the world. Should we go around the voting world? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so. I think you know where I am. So we've got Daft Punk. I'm going to throw one out for the boys from Chicago, Wilco. Yeah. Man, you have to decide. I know. And um, unfortunately, I love uh, Wilco. I love Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. I think uh, Discovery's uh, turned out to be a more, uh, a longer term, uh, more interesting record. And um, well, I will listen to both of them till I die. Not disappointed. Good one. So Discovery moves on. In Rainbows versus Sufjan Stevens, Illinois. Come on, feel the Illinois. Um, I know where I'm going on this one. Is there anybody <laughs> who is uh, who's really conflicted? Yeah, I mean, I'll put up a case for for In Rainbows just because I think it deserves it. Um, but I, I agree. I think all three of us are probably leaning toward uh, Sufjan Stevens, despite the fact that I actually you know, did cast a vote for um, Metamodern Sounds and Country Music by Sturgill Simpson in the last round. Uh, you know, I, I think that really just reflects how difficult that matchup was. Yeah, that was a um, uh, But, you know, look, In, in Rainbows is, I, I think to this day, probably, if not the most listenable Radiohead album on a, a sort of endearing basis, then the second most, um, behind probably OK Computer for me. Um but I, I think in addition to that, you know, it, 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 it reflects like one of my favorite sort of chapters in their history, which was really to, I mean, you know, they were building up <clears throat> um, sort of layering, it seemed, uh, more and more electronic music, um, you know, with each album that they were uh, producing. And, and I think, you know, starting with really Kid A, but then Hail to the Thief, of course, and um throughout the 2000s uh, and, until In Rainbows, which felt incredibly sort of stripped down um, and bare. Uh, and it was, you know, a sort of return to guitar rock for them. Um, and I think it did so with a lot of, I, I mean, in, in a way that felt effortless, even though a lot of these songs were, um, you know, incorporated from different album sessions that they'd had. Some were new, some were as much as 10 years old. Um, and, and, you know, to, to really be able to, to tease out of your own existing material, um, uh, uh, you know, a, a sort of a cohesive idea, and then you know, add the pieces that you need to to really um, to polish and and you know, create a, a sort of singularly good album, start to back. Um, you know, is a is an incredibly challenging thing to do if if you ask anybody who's ever tried. And and I think you know for that reason, it really does show these guys as like master curators of their own stuff, um, and just incredibly sensible, uh, you know, smart, capable like producers and and um, and musicians. In addition to uh, guys who who crank out you know 
pretty pretty great rock records and pretty interesting rock records. I mean, it, it sets them as, it sets them on a, a tier above, I think, as, as actual artists, as sort of complete artists yeah, um, and, as a result of, of being able to do this. And Rainbows is kind of the perfect blend of new Radiohead and old Radiohead. And I don't, I mean, I, I guess, you know, where they were, you know, Benz and, and OK Computer, which I was really introduced to first, even Pablo Honey and... Um, and then the kind of stuff you're talking about with the layered electronics and the, the more dancey grooves and, and things like that, I, even though this is more of a, it's a guitar album and, and more of a band record, it still has a lot of groove to it as well. And, and uh, yeah, I think it's like really one of the most listenable records from them. And I mean, I, I like Radiohead, but, I, you know, I'm the first to say it's, it's a band that I think gets a lot of, of um, free passes, you know, as much as I think yeah. they're one of the best mm-hmm. bands out there, you know. I don't know, Moonshape Pool, like, probably listened to it twice, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, it's just, I think this is a record that actually gets overlooked in their catalog, um, more often than it, not, so. It's, it's funny, I, you know, I, I like it, I like In Rainbows a lot, uh, it happens to, you know, if I were actually ranking them, it would probably be my fourth favorite radio album, which is a testament to their, Consistency and greatness, not to my, you know, reservations of the album, but uh, I, I, it is funny. I mean, I, I, there's three other Radiohead albums that I listen to a lot more. Yeah, I mean, I can see that, and I think probably hit Christian and I at different times, you know, too than mm-hmm. than you. But um, I don't know. I mean, I'm good to vote. I mean, I think we talked a lot about stuff, Jen Stevens, in the last round because that yeah. was a tougher matchup. So well, let's just say that. Casimir Pulaski Day <laughs> is a song that makes me cr- yeah, want to cry I think I've as much as anything since um, Daft Punk around the world. <laughs> no, I feel the same way about the John Wayne Gacy Jr. song. Oh, really? No. Um, but I do. <laughs> you just you just have memories. <laughs> it brings back yeah, some no, childhood yeah. memories. Where's, of, where's my, the of, my, of my summer job yeah. as a clown. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I. Uh, they. I mean, it is. It's yeah, it's a really cool. I mean, usually look, I'm I'm usually pretty opposed to concept albums. Um, I just like if the, if if I have the choice between a concept album and not a concept album, I'm usually going to say since ninety nine percent of people fuck it up, uh, let's just not do that. Um, but you know, in this case, it it does hold together well, and he's just so incredibly earnest, which makes me kind of reluctant to like him makes you uncomfortable once, yeah but once, once you no, once he, you get over that like uh hump i think it's it's a really i mean it's great stuff i mean it really is i think great stuff. it's like connor oberst in the sense that um it is so unappealing uh basically to all of us to be this earnest that to have succeeded in doing it you've threaded the needle in, in so exact a way that you have to be fucking brilliant, <laughs> yeah. you know? And I will give that to Sufjan Stevens. I think he's brilliant. Yes, to be that earnest and not the subject of our scorn. <laughs> Everybody's. I mean, good God. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, and not to mention the fact that, you know, there's a lot of, you know, overtly religious imagery here that is, you know, I mean, he's a, you know, uh, a de- devout Christian who sings about being a devout Christian. It's a strange uh, combination for things to get away with in this day and age. And he's got, and he not only gets away with it, he, he does it, you know, with such an unbelievable degree of excellence. Yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting. Really I mean, I think that not being like a proselytizer helps and not being an asshole helps. Um, if you, yeah. if there's any, like, slightest uh you know suggestion of either of those things like i mean even connor oberst has been has been you know maligned in the past for being like a little bit uh, not not the most personable guy um and you know i i wonder if that's worked to his disadvantage um but i mean you know people basically all revere sufjan because he's he's just a nice dude apparently you know it's like that helps yeah. What would Sufjan do? All right, well, he, uh, so I think, you know, my vote is with uh, Come On Feel the Illinois. I think it's unanimous. It sounds like it's unanimous. It's for me. Yep.
things go, all things go. Drove to Chicago. All things know, all things know. We sold our clothes to the state. I don't mind, I don't mind. I made a lot of mistakes in my mind. Let's move on to the Graybeard division, uh, wherein we have uh, LCD Sound System's Sound of Silver versus uh, Bon Iver's For Emma Forever Ago. Oh, man. Um, this one actually is not that hard for me, even though no. I'm a huge Bon Iver fan and love this album I think we're gonna be. Dearly. I think we're going to be putting Bon Iver through a wood chipper. Yeah, Fargo style. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'll just say it's a, it's a great... Is that your mandolin player in the <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's a great folk record. I've kind of talked it to death on, on these pods, but, it, you know, I think it's a really interesting, unique sound, and, and just a, you know, it's a perfect album for me. Um, that said, you know, Sound of Silver, really, that's an album, I think, when, like you kind of said, with moving Daft Punk forward, that, you know, I remember getting, and, like, All My Friends has always been a song that just kind of, like, spoke to yeah. me from beginning to end like I, I love that song like it's you know my diary but like uh as a po but you know didn't fully like probably it was an album that kind of like grew and grew on me and, and just has become like really a staple uh and an important uh, important record to me so um I'm gonna just say I'm voting LCD yeah, I am too. I think it's no contest, really. Um, and I, I look forward to talking more about LCD uh, in, in future rounds. Keeping with our theme, our gray-bearded theme in this particular bracket, our next matchup is Hold Steady Separation Sunday versus the Wrens, the Meadowlands. Um, I know where I'm going on this. I don't know where you guys are going on this. <laughs> and you, I will, I'll back that up by saying you guys know where I'm going yeah, on this. I, was gonna say. I don't know where you guys are going on this. Um, this is a, a tough one for me. I mean... Uh, you know, I, I think both records are just amazing. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty confident where I'm going. I'm down with being convinced because I, I guess Christian, you might be the the person yeah, that I will mean, dissent. We'll see. The, the barrister 
du jour. Definitely going to be pushing for Separation Sunday here, and, and not in any way because uh, I, I don't think that the Meadowlands is, is a hugely worthy um, of, of its position, you know, currently in the tournament. I, I just, this is a really difficult, uh, you know, battle of the, of the uh, quill pen. Um, but, like, you know, these, these two guys are, I, I think both albums, in, in many respects, are actually, it, it's amazing that they are matched up against one another because, I mean, they are uh, similar in a lot of ways. I mean, I think the, the degree to which both um, songwriters, you know, Charles Bissell and Craig Finn, capture um, just these sort of incredibly universal feelings by delivering incredibly specific um, descriptions of scenarios uh, of, of, you know, of the sort of mundanity of, of day-to-day life. Um, but in a way that like, just, it, it puts you, uh, you know, sta- it, it puts you standing on somebody's front steps, you yeah. know, uh, yeah. Taking a date home or, or fighting with a, a girlfriend in a very, you know, crystal clear, like, um, uh, moment or, or time, uh, or, for that matter, you know, as I said last week, I think, uh, you know, drinking beers under the water tower with your um, baseball team. Uh, but, you know, it, it's it, the for me, I mean, the, the distinction is, again, it, it's where because I'm so skeptical, typically, of sort of concept albums, um, the fact that, that Separation Sunday holds together so neatly, um, despite the fact that it is just just this tangled mess of damaged character sketches. Um, you know, it's, it's basically, uh, for, for those who haven't listened to it recently, um, my, my, uh, you know, sketching out notes on it and trying to figure out, okay, what is, what is the actual plot line here? I believe it's, um, a confused Catholic girl named Hallelujah hooks up with a motley assortment of, uh, characters, does a whole bunch of drugs, gets born again when a guy with a nitrous tank dunks her in a river, wakes up in a confession booth, um, and then maybe dies and maybe comes back from the dead. Uh, but I think, you know, ultimately... Sounds like a good um, night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sounds like... Uh, one night in Catholicism. <laughs> it's one night in... Mid- yeah, exactly. Mid- Midwestern Catholicism at that. Um, Here's a... Here's a, uh, an assertion I have, or just something I want to float, because I think this is interesting. I think both are really great at, at like you said, giving you a sense of place. And But, he, you know, they're both albums are kind of about, um, a, you know, age and growing up. And that Craig Finn, I think, very largely... Um, is it you know sort of eagle eyes you know eagle eyes on on what it means to be an adolescent, and Charles Bissell has I think an incredible perspective on what it means to see everybody else around you growing up when you're not really aging mentally um, in your own mind. Right. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a much more fraught and interesting. Um, you know, sort of take on things. I mean, to, to, to think that everybody else Certainly relatable is... to those of us in our 40s when... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's it's an interesting concept to think that everybody, you know, and, and we've all had this feeling that everybody around you got the manual and you're kind of, you know, kicking your way through uh, a swamp with no, you know, no map. Well, um, I, it, I think, too, the beautiful thing about the Meadowlands is it's sort of post... It's kind of like, you know, and, and maybe the analogy sometimes is, is like you, when, you, when you give up, it happens, you know? And it sort of felt like that mm-hmm. to me. It's like an album that these guys were like, fuck it. Like, we lost our record contract. We, we didn't, nothing happened the way it was supposed to. And they just put out the best album Everybody they'd ever written, you know? Professional yeah. jobs. And, yeah. uh, so, I mean, what, you know, it, I, I mean, and I think, you know, likewise, I think the Hold Steady album. I, I can't get a clearer picture of, you know, drinking beers under a water tower than Craig Finn paints. And, and it's stuff too, like it's hard to, to get that type of lyricism and that type of, you know, direct sort of uh, realism into a song and still have it rock, you know, and, and they hold steady like rocks. It's, it's a great rock and roll album. I mean, it was funny. I, I turned them on to, I have a friend who's 
you know, way more like metal heady and, and grew up on like eighties hair metal and actually like really likes it and defends it. Um, and I was like, you should check out the hold steady. And he's just like, this is my new favorite band, you know, like, cause they rock and then they, they have great mm-hmm. lyrics as well. I mean, I'm not saying the Wrens don't rock. They absolutely rock can rock too. But the thing I'll say about the Wrens is that, you know, when I, when I listen to Craig Finn, when I listen to the hold steady, I feel like I'm having, you know, I'm a, I'm a voyeur. I'm a, I'm a, uh, spectator in someone else's world. When I listen to the Wrens, I feel like there's a universality to the feeling that um, you know I can really identify with, and that that could be circumstantial. Um, but to me, yeah. there's a more intimate nature to his songwriting, and there's a you know uh, hold steady, great storytelling. Um, the Meadowlands is you know. Uh, uh, a visceral feeling that that I think is, is it goes a little deeper into um, you know yeah and I would say in Craig Finn's case it's not necessarily his story well, you know it's what a fir- I mean it's a first person think... third person that's exactly what I was about to say it's first yeah. person versus third person like Craig Finn is telling the story of these people um, he is uh, you know it, it, which is is sort of like his middle class midwestern gospel um, but like Charles Bissell is is writing his story um in a very vulnerable yeah exactly or i mean it, it yeah it, i mean you can really sort of connect with that on a personal level um, it hurts him it hurts and there's other two people. songwriters in the wrens don't forget too yeah so we've, you know and that is um, very and true I'm, sorry the name is escaping me whalen of kevin whalen kevin whalen yeah who and I, I love hopeless and i love i mean he has some i mean th- those songs stand up really well Happy too hopeless. he obviously this old does the majority but no, they're just different, um, and I think they complement each other really well. Um, yeah. I think, uh, you know, you need a little bit of a, a respite from being inside someone's, so deep inside someone's head, um, and they both write really good rock songs. I wonder if well, uh, Craig Finn uh, and Charles Bissell have ever considered joining forces. Like Run the Jewels, or what would it be like? <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally, uh, like Run the Jewels, I think that's right. I, I don't know that you can actually... Uh, press that many minutes of lyrics on a single album, though. Run, run the reckless. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I, if I, nothing uh, else, we should get them together for a uh, for a softball league. I actually think that's a really yeah. good idea. I think that would be fantastic. I'm in. All right. Um, but I'm going to cast my vote because uh, it's obvious, and I'm curious where you guys land. So I'm going with the Wrens. Meadowlands, my favorite. I've. Christian, I you know I'm gonna put it's it's basically an act of cowardice that I'm putting the deciding vote to you, Jeremy. But I'm I'm gonna go with Separation Sunday because, uh, well, adolescence is fresher in my memory. <laughs> that was just nice. A, um, shouldn't have said fuck yeah, you to so, him before you said that. <laughs> I meant the new Wyndham. It's 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 funny. Like in my head, the Wrens are really ripe to just lose, like to get this far and lose because that's kind of the Wrens. Um, but they're gonna make it one more day. I'm going Meadowlands. Sweet, sweet victory is mine.
moving to the last bracket. Um, so the Greybeards are... Uh, that sets up a, a Wrens-James uh, Murphy uh, showdown, which is literally, um, you know, the OAP bracket for uh, next go-round. Um, next up, oh, from is, the from uh, the graybeards to the graveyard, we have uh, <laughs> <laughs> Interpol versus Amy Winehouse. Yeah, no shit. Um, I will. Uh, I'll let me have a go at, at Amy Winehouse because I'm not sure that I've got uh, any real defenders um, here with me. Um, I still think that you know as much of a pop album as this is, and it was, it was extremely popular. Um, and it is, you know, say what you will, it's rehashed soul music, it, you know, sung by a British woman. Um, I think that the depth of her feeling and emotion and delivery trend made that album transcendent and took what was essentially decent to good material and made it great. I think she's... Uh, well, she's no longer with us, which is sad. Uh, I would love to have seen what she did after this, but um, it is, and I don't think that that weighs into my decision. I, uh, you know, it's tragic that we lost Amy Winehouse, but I this isn't one of those votes where I, you know, I, I sort of, uh, you know, it's not a, a sympathetic thing. I, I do find that this album plays to me like a classic, like a, um, you know, uh, what's going on or. Or songs in the key of life, or you know, um, you know, old Loretta Lynn, or anybody who's like a fantastic deliverer. Yeah, Dusty in Memphis. I mean, anybody who's a, a great deliverer of feeling, um, who can make you feel stuff, even with, um, you know, even when the the lyrics and the and the music don't necessarily measure up. Um, you know, they're able to to sort of vault the material into the sort of stratospheric range of, of being memorable forever. And I think Back to Black will be probably the album on this um, that you will hear most um, uh, in years to come. Just not the Meadowlands? Probably not the Meadowlands, although unless you're in my house. Um, I do, but I, I, you know, I think it's so sad that, that Amy Winehouse died and uh, before she got a chance to really fully... Um, figure out who she was, what she was doing, because uh, she had an incredible well, gift. But uh, that said, I'm not sure if you guys are are um, as big a fan. So, do you want to do you want to vote, or does somebody want to uh, back me up on that? I don't. I mean, I, I like the record a lot, and I think it's a um, great pop record, like you said, and, and stands the test of time for sure. And uh, yeah, it's tragic that she died, and that documentary Amy is, is worth seeing. If anyone who's listening hasn't, it's pretty sad and, and also kind of shows just what a powerhouse she was. Um, but, yeah, it's hard for me to go there, and so I, I definitely could vote versus the Interpol album, which I think just creates a mood and atmosphere and, you know, really kind of like it's not a bad song on that album to me. I don't find myself popping on Back in Black. I like the songs when I hear them. Um, I really enjoy hearing them out at a bar or, you know, on a commercial or <laughs> in someone else, you know, on a mix or whatever, but I don't pop on that record very often. Okay. And uh, not that it's it's great start to finish. I'm not saying it's not. Um, where Interpol has just never really sounded stale to me. Like, they had every album post that this album did, but yeah. um, this record is something that I can go back to no, kind I will of say in, constantly. In uh, support of Turn on the Bright Lights, I've never gotten sick of it. Great. No, it's probably the album that I have listened to more than any other in my lifetime. Um, and I, I just, I'm so intimately, like, familiar with every note, every, um, you know, uh, drum beat. It just, it, it's, it is so perfect to me. Um, and it's just this incredibly, like, aching, uh, you know, sort of intimacy and catharsis, but also, like, detached, you know, um, like former glory, uh, you know, sort of sadness, and it, it like it just it, it it captures sort of atmospherically, and and this is like they always rejected the the comparison to Joy Division and said we don't sound anything like that, and that may be true, um, but 
people liked Joy Division for the same reasons that, that people liked this album, um, or at least I, I think that that's uh, that's true. So I think it's I think it's silly to to you know to say it sounds nothing like I mean for them to say it sounds you know I can understand. I think they just got tired of the of the comparison. Yeah, comparison, um, but it's you know when it, when it is, and part of it was just the the look. Um, I think you know the fact that they were they they showed up dressed for a funeral um, when everybody else was you know uh, bringing back uh, denim and and you know like um, uh, you know dressing like the Strokes and sort of eclectic like could be the, 70s you know whatever um, but like could be the baritone vocals over lead over bass leads um, yeah. that, that draws that comparison who knows you know? um, yeah no but I mean I think that the songwriting itself is just like it's some of the most beautiful poetry I think you you know, are going to find and like, I, they could never do it again. I, I don't know how to explain that. I, I don't, I don't even, yeah. I don't even know what to make of how the fact you, that I, I, how do you revert to not knowing how to do something you knew how to do so well? Well, I mean, that's, if you listen to the, like, if, or I mean, if you read the, their, their accounts of, um, you know, making that album, um, they didn't like each other very much. Um, and yeah, you know, basically pen that. up in a house in Connecticut for, um, for, uh, for, a week or two and yeah. it was just sort of the the tension um the like cocaine rationing um and uh the sort of and and the notion of of well, uh, the, a banks and steels record in the future yeah and the alienation i think that everybody was sort of experiencing and feeling after 9-11 so 9/11, um yeah. i mean it was it was a lot of things but it, it does perfectly capture uh like the soul the blackened charcoal black soul of New York City um, more perfectly than anything else uh, I've ever heard. So I just, I mean, it's without a shadow of a doubt, my vote goes for Turn On The Bright Lights. Jerry, I assume yours does as well. Um, and mine does as well. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And then our final matchup of the Sweet 16 here is the Libertines up the bracket versus Kanye West, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. That'd be a great doubleheader, by the way. I would, yeah, I would, would pay be. to see that. <laughs> I'd buy so that I have for no dollar. idea. I know where I'm going on this one. I think I have no idea where you guys are going. Um, you know, go ahead and and I, I, I don't think I know how much. I know how much. Actually, I feel like I know where Wyndham is going on this. Um, uh, Christian, I don't. I don't know how much you love this album or not. Libertines album. Oh yeah, so. no, I think it's the second best Libertines album. Um, 
Boo. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't understand. Through that, you're the only person who thinks. No, that, but. I, I, I'm not. I, I really don't understand why why it's like so decisive. Why everybody's so militant about it too? Because I, I think that they actually sound very like. I mean, it's similar. Um, like they, yeah, you know. But so to room on fire and and is this it? But one came yeah. first. Right, but one and has better songs. So when songs. you follow it up with something that is is sort of a, a you know an. Eight out of ten version of the first thing you did in the first place. It, it's hard to, you know. Yeah, I, but this isn't. That's not what's up. As, as we talked about, though, I actually came to the self-titled album first, um, right. and either way, I think that that actually has my four favorite songs. So I, I, I mean, you know, I, and I don't think I'm alone on that. Actually, um, having having time for heroes, having surveyed uh, having surveyed a bunch of people my age, I think who probably came to it the same way. Um, I sort of got the feeling that actually that was the favored one. Um, it also has sold more, but that doesn't mean anything. Um, in any event, uh, I'm actually pretty inclined here to make my case for my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Um, you know, I, I think that this is sort of the culmination of of Kanye at his uh, at the height of his powers. Um, you know, pushing into what I keep referring to as prog rap, uh, and and sort of reinventing the genre. I mean, nobody can, nobody has the technical proficiency that he does in the studio, um, and for that reason, nobody can imitate this. Uh, and purely, you know, he is he is scoring points in every bucket. Innovation. Um, you know, to just uh, the the sound of the finished product, like what you know, what are they good songs? Scale. Yeah, they're damn good songs. Um, you know, for cultural impact and influence, you know, it, it's just really it's it's a uh, it's a home run. I mean, it, it's hard to say that to, in order to mix my sports metaphors here, but um, like I just I, I think it's really difficult to to argue that up the brackets a. Uh, more deserving of, of a spot in the next round than you know probably the the most ambitious and one of the, you know one of the rap album of the last twenty years and one of the greatest achievements in the genre of all time. Uh, I, but all right, I, okay, well, but that you know okay. So if we skip ahead, I will you use that same argument to uh, uh, for my dark beautiful dark twisted fantasy over Interpol, which is your favorite record it's a you know that's a toughie i mean to me libertines of the bracket is probably the album i've listened to as much as any um you said that about like entire... five albums in this thing so yeah exactly <laughs> that's what the... i know but um no. top five, your top five five albums yeah top five no but up the bracket I, I do i find has you know i mean this is but by the by the way this is this is the attitude bracket. If the last one was the, you know, Greybeards, um, and this is, I think there was something pure about uh, the Libertines' attitude and and their sort of the aggression with which they came out. I love the fact that Mick Jones produced it, um, and uh, I thought the songs were great. I think uh, they're both, you know, they're both really good writers. They there's a again, you can't teach chemistry. Um, especially not to us, but I, I think um, you know Carl Barat and Pete Doherty. Uh, it is a um, you know a sort of a, a match made in heaven and it's the a match great made give in and hell. take. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, to me Until the culmination Doherty of the pawns all your stuff for a crack and <laughs> exactly. I mean, and, and I mean, God, it's like the I don't know. There's something about this album that's so alive to me and inside it's so fresh back then and it still does i just i love uh this album it's there it's a it's a really tough choice i want to take credit and i I think it's one of those rare cases where i I floated that album upstream to you when yeah you did and i didn't love it the first time i listened to it i thought it was thin um i thought it didn't have enough power behind it but then i realized that the sort of ramshackle nature of it was its charm as opposed to you know being heavier um because it it does have like a fighter spirit yeah, I mean no, I but it, it doesn't I, have a fighter spirit. It has the guy who walks through the mosh pit, getting his ass kicked spirit. Like it's there's it's so it self abusive. <laughs> yeah, um, and that's that's really the thing that he conveys. I think so perfectly to me is like the guy is just a fucking glutton for punishment. Yeah, but he's he's great at it. No, I, I truly. I mean, it's not a criticism at all. It's, it's a, just it's that that is the yeah. that's like the the really uh, like you know, 
indelible sort of mark of his, of his yeah, character. Yeah, the sort of guy with, a, with his arms up going, really? You think that hurt? Yeah, exactly. You, know? you can't, you know, you can't hurt me any more than I'm willing to hurt myself. And it's like, it's that sort of like, you know, it's a, it's a short fuse. It is self-destructive. Um, and he was living it. Uh, and you know, yeah, that it was caught a short career for these guys for that reason, unfortunately. But, um, you know, I just think it was a perfect time, you know, it was like lightning strikes. It's, uh, um, you know, it was a perfect moment and they, they killed it. I, I love up the bracket. So I'm voting for up the bracket. I'll let you guys decide. I'm voting for, for my nice. beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy. I love having all the power at the end. Um, no one man should have all that power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think of the brackets is better than This Is It by The Strokes. I think it's a great record. I definitely think it's better than their second album. Sorry, Christian. Um, and I think it's like, it was, yeah, I loved it the minute I heard it. it it's, it's just, it's a perfect rock record, and I think all the things you guys captured. I'm pretty good with going out with my gut, and I, I probably do listen to Up the Brackets as much as when, if not more um but i i struggle like in this case where kanye's album is just really it's just epic you know and and uh and uh, you know like when it's the wrens versus hold steady it's really easy for me to go with my my gut and what i just love a little bit more even though i love both those but um on this one I, i'm gonna have to go kanye because i think it's just it's just too big of a record i mean i love up the brackets but it, it's it's absolutely like a it's the same reason I went against This Is It, to be honest. Wow. Anyway. So we didn't know how these yeah, were going to Yeah, we did not know how <laughs> yeah. these were going to go. Um, this was my toughest choice, by the way. I, I, I love that Kanye album. It's uh, Unlike you guys, this is actually my favorite Kanye album. But uh, I just wanted to make a, a, a last uh, die on this hill uh, you know, rally for uh, the Libertines, which is probably... You know, they they like gave said, up a long time they, before you did. They sure as hell did. <laughs> anyway, um, well, thanks you guys, and uh, I look forward to uh, narrowing this down to eight. This is this is gonna get tougher and tougher. So, uh, thanks a lot, and um, talk to you soon. All on the lights. Thanks again for listening.